0: No, we believe in prayer. We believe the past couple of years, begin the year with a month where we focus on prayer, and over the next month we're going to have Wednesday night in-person prayer meetings. We really do believe that prayer is powerful. Our first song today was when I we'll fight, or will fight on my knees. Okay, we really need to pray and believe God, and if we sing things like "I will believe for greater things," I believe we can pray greater things through. I believe God answers prayer. And we can pray. So every Wednesday night, after some we're going to be in-person prayer here. But also the past couple of years, have asked as a church, and we learned this from Chris Hodges at the beginning of the year, giving God the first month and that. And we want to encourage you just to spend the month in prayer and fasting, whatever that fasting looks like. We're not saying you have to give up food, but from the 5th to the 26th, 22 days in 22 Thankfully, it's not the year 2099 or something like that, but 22 and 22, 22 days. It might just be like social media. It might just be something. We're not asking you to give up food completely, but it, the idea of fasting and praying is not just for the sake of it. It's so that we, we spend that time that we were in other things, just seeking God and praying and seeking God. So we're asking you from a 50 to 26th, if you're part in your life, just to give up something for the month. A fasting, it could be food, it could be something else. Something that, just whatever you feel, where you just spend that time, replace it by spending time praying and seeking God. Because we're believing for greater things. I live every day believing the best is yet to come. And I'm what age I am, and I'm believing that this year is going to be greater than last year. I do wish you a happy new year. I pray that it's a God-filled, blessed, fruitful, prosperous in every area of your life. I pray that you'll prosper and be in health even as you're so prosperous in 2022. And know last year we focused on church health and on well-being and we believe that healthy things grow and we're believing for growth in us and as a church this year. We've got another theme we're going to unpack over the, the month or so, but we wanted to start the year with sharing communion together, and I'm going to read a very famous portion from Isaiah 53, then make some comments on it. I'm reading from New Living Translation. Who has believed our message? The prophet Isaiah is writing. To whom? As the are, the Lord revealed his powerful arm. My servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot. Like a root in dry ground, there was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. Yet it was our weaknesses he carried, it was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own Sins, But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us like sheep have strayed away. We have left God's paths to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep is silent before the shearers, He did not open his mouth. Unjustly condemned, he was led away. No one cared that he died without descendants, that his life was cut short in midstream. But he was struck down for the rebellion of my people. He had done no wrong, and they never deceived anyone. But he was buried like a criminal. He was put in a rich man's grave. But it was the Lord's good plan to crush him and cause him grief. Because he exposed himself to death, he was counted among the rebels, he bore the sins of many, and interceded for rebels. Christmas is gone, it's over, sorry, it's gone, okay, it's finished with, okay, I've actually compromised at home and I'm not taking the tree down till tomorrow, okay, I'd have taken down early, Christmas is finished, I hope you had a great time, but it's New Year and the focus is on. And while we focus on the birth of Jesus, we're now focusing today at the beginning of the year on the suffering of Jesus. Okay, you can't separate the two. Of them. I don't know if I've got the image that we can put up. So somebody put this in Facebook. I think uh, Gillian Patrick put it. You can't separate the birth and the suffering of Jesus. Tis the season, but tis the reason. The reason for the season is Jesus. And it wasn't about the birth and the nice wee baby in a manger. There was a purpose behind it all. And the reason was the cross and the suffering of Jesus. It was the death and the resurrection. You can't separate them. We celebrate the birth, but if you focus and just stay in the birth, you've missed the point of why Jesus entered this world. And this is a portion of Isaiah 53. Amongst other things, it's a prophetic picture of the suffering servant or Jesus' suffering. There's many things in the Bible, but part of Isaiah 53, part of the focus is on the prophetic element of Jesus coming and his suffering. Christmas maybe gives us the ah, lovely, goosey, feel good, goosebump feeling. But the suffering paints a different picture. Isaiah paints a different picture, a more powerful picture. We read words like there was nothing beautiful or majestic about his experience. What Isaiah is painting is his pain. He's describing the pain of Jesus and his suffering. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance. His face, the previous chapter said, was so disfigured, he seemed hardly human. There was nothing to attract us to him. Just ponder for a moment the physical pain that Jesus went through. And you know, it wasn't just physical pain. His pain was not just physical pain, though that was horrendous, but there was also emotional pain. He was despised. What does despise mean? It means to feel a strong dislike for someone or something because you think that that person or thing is bad or has no value. He was despised. It means to regard as worthless or distasteful, to look down on with disrespect or aversion. It means to loathe, to scorn and disdain. My Jesus was despised. He was rejected. Just pause for a moment and think how you felt any time you've been rejected. It might have been a job. It might have been a relationship. It might have been a sports team. It might have been a ministry position, but just think for a moment how you felt when you were rejected for anything and then multiply that by how many times you can. Jesus was despised. He was also rejected by those who all he did for three and a half years was minister and bless and give to he was alone. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. Don't want to know him. When the going get stuff. we don't want to know. You're alone. We're separating ourselves. We're turning away from you. He was despised and we did not care. Have you ever been there when you thought that no one cared? Jesus was in a place where everyone turned their back, rejected him, despised him, threw insults at him. He was oppressed and treated harshly. He was unjustly condemned. The biggest miscarriage of justice. Even the judge, if you like, of the kangaroo court says, I cannot find any fault in this man. I can't find any fault in this man. But the sentence is death. How unjust and unfair is that? Now, I'm sure we've all at point thought it or said it, that's not fair. The reality is, life is not fair. God's still good, even when life is not fair. But Jesus' pain was not just a physical pain, he suffered in so many ways. And I don't know about you, but every time I read this chapter in the pain of Jesus, the some. Emotions just stir within me that just make me feel so sad when I think it was my sin that caused that. It was me that caused that pain in his life. It was me that caused him to suffer on Calvary. And I think we need to get appreciation of the real pain that Jesus went through for us. And that's partly what the communion table is about. But no, the prophet didn't just speak about his pain. He speaks about his purpose as well. He suffered physical, emotional, psychological, spiritual pain beyond anything we could ever imagine. You know what? He would say it was worth it because the purpose was greater than the pain. His purpose was greater than the pain. You know, I think every one of us should live for purpose. Every one of us should not be drifting through life. God has got purpose over us individually and collectively in a church. But sometimes the pain of pursuing a purpose stops us from pursuing the purpose. But you know, we need to live with a mindset and a concept. Despite the pain, there's a purpose I'm living for which is greater than the pain I'm in just now. And Jesus lived for purpose. And the pain that he suffered was nothing compared with his purpose. His purpose was greater than the pain. And his purpose was us. He was pierced for our rebellion. He was crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was swept so we could be healed. All of us, like sheep of away, went our own ways, followed our own paths. But today, at the beginning of 2022, let's make a decision as we focus on the suffering of Jesus Christ that we are not going to walk our paths anymore. We're going to follow his paths. It's a great time at the beginning of a year to say, you know what? I was strayed and I went my own way and that caused the pain and the suffering of Jesus. But this year, I'm making a decision to not do my own thing. But to follow his parts, to reconnect, refocus, repurpose our lives, so to speak. I'm going to make a decision to follow Jesus. You know, we deserve the punishment. The Lord laid on him the sins of us. Peter put it this. He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we could be dead to sin and live for what is right by his wounds you're healed. We don't need to live in sin anymore. We're dead because Jesus died and rose to give his new life. So that the old is gone and the new has come. Dead to sin and to live for what is right. We need to live for what is right. To live for righteousness. Matthew 6.33 says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We are called to live for righteousness. Decide to speak righteous words. Live righteous lives. Do righteous acts. Think Righteous thoughts, you know what? We can do that because there's a life force that Jesus died and rose to put in us so that we can. If we really understood the horrific pain that Jesus went through, we'd make a conscious effort to live right before him. To say, Father God, thank you for Jesus. Jesus, thank you for what you've done for me. If we really, really focus on the pain that Jesus had, We'd say, Lord, I want to live a life that is pleasing for you. God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us so that we could become the righteousness of God. You know, Jesus went through all the agony, the pain, the suffering, every aspect, physical, emotional, spiritual, psychological, all that pain for you. And for me, because he loved you. And no matter the pain, he would still say to and he says, it's worth it. That we have a decision to make. You know what? I'm going to live for Jesus. In the light of all you've done for me, I'm going to live for you. And no, beyond all that he's done, he did it so that we can be whole, so that we can be healed, so we can have spiritual healing, physical healing, emotional healing. He suffered physical pain. He suffered spiritual pain. He suffered emotional pain. He suffered psychological pain. Do you know why? So that in every one of those areas, we can be healed. That we can be He took the pain. He took the punishment. And this morning, wherever you are, as we come around the communion table in a moment or two, I believe that he took all the pain so that you can receive healing and wholeness, forgiveness, health, strength, and everything that you need. He took it all so that you don't need to take it all. You can receive from him. You know, the the prophet doesn't just talk about his pain, his purpose, but he talks about his prize. Isaiah prophesies about the pain. He prophesies the purpose for us, but then he reveals the pleasure, the prosperity, the prize that awaited him. It was the Lord's good plan, the Lord's good pleasure to crush him and cause him grief. I I can never get away. I can't get over that verse. That It was the Lord's good plan to crush Jesus, to cause him pain. But it says, yet when his life is made an offering for sin, he will have many descendants. That's an incredible verse. He went through pain and death so that he could have many descendants. I've been told by, obviously, women that childbirth is about the greatest pain that you'll ever go through. I've only get their word for that. I will never experience it. However, what I will say is they've never experienced man flu so they cannot really say whether that's true or not. Okay? They have no idea they can only imagine and still it goes beyond their imagination how painful man flu is. However, just so that I'm in good books for the women, let's just assume that childbirth and giving birth to children is one of the most, if not the most painful experience you've ever had or will have. But I don't know of any mother. There may be some out there, maybe when they get to teenage years, but just when the baby's born, I don't know of any mother who doesn't say it was worth it. They say, maybe once they grow up a bit, they might think differently about whether it was worth it or not. But the reality is, there was great pain in giving birth. But yet, whenever the baby comes through and is born, the woman, the mother, rejoices and says, you know what? It was worth it. It was a joy. Okay? You know where I'm going with this? Jesus went through incredible pain and suffering. And do you know why? So that he could give birth to many descendants. He went through incredible pain. And as Jesus died and went through all that physical pain, what he was doing was giving birth to you and to me and to millions of others through the centuries. And he says, do you know what he says? It's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. Because he gave birth to many, many descendants. You maybe didn't know you were in the Bible. Isaiah 53 talks about you, that when he gave his life as an offering, he gave it up as an offering so that he could give and give birth to many descendants. You're one of those descendants. If you know Jesus Christ, your Savior and your Lord. Isaiah's talking about you when he says Jesus went through the pain, the agony, the, everything that was thrown at him so that you could give birth, spiritual birth, and you became a descendant of Jesus Christ. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that incredible? The pain he went through was beyond unknowing, but his joy is beyond unknowing as well. He looks at you and he's filled with joy. And it wasn't only that he gave birth to descendants, It says here, this is his prize. He will enjoy a long life. Listen, this is Jesus. He died, but he now lives forever and forever and forever. There was one day, there was one day where he was a lamb on a cross. And now forever... He's a lamb on the throne of God who reigns and rules forever and forever and forever and forever. There was a day he took the pain on the cross and because he took that pain on the cross, the reward is you're a lamb on the throne and you're going to live and reign forever and forever. Hallelujah. That is a Jesus. And he says that he will succeed. The Lord's good plan will prosper in his hand. I.e., he is building his church. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. His purpose and plan was to destroy the works of the devil. And when Jesus died on the cross and rose again, he ro- he won forever victory over death, sin, hell, the grave. The plan of God to put Jesus on the cross and to cause him to die and rise again was a once and for all victory, which didn't go wrong. If you looked at Jesus on the cross that Friday afternoon, you'd have thought, where's it all going wrong? But it was only part of the plan, and it was only part of the process. And as we look back, and now, now we see it didn't go wrong. It was the purpose and plan of God. It wasn't death. It wasn't defeat. It was victory over sin, death, hell, and the grave. And God's good plan through Jesus Christ succeeded. Hallelujah! And then it says, "And when He sees all that is accomplished by His anguish, He will be satisfied." He is satisfied. And as Sean comes up before we come run the table, the last bit says this. This is his prize. I will give him the honor of a victorious soldier because he exposed himself to death. Basically, God the Father is saying, Jesus will take the highest honor because he went through what he did. I'm giving him a name, picture above every name. Philippians 2, we know it says of Jesus that he humbled himself in obedience to God and he died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and in earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Isaiah 53 paints a picture of his pain. And those who follow Jesus never take it lightly. Never take lightly the pain that Jesus suffered for you. And for me, every time we take communion focus and realize the pain that Jesus went through and make a decision. Jesus, if you went through that for me, I'm not going to take it lightly. And I'm going to live a life which is pleasing to you. I'm going to live a life which honors you. I'm going to live a life of righteous loving as best I can because you died and took my sin to impart righteousness into me, to impute your righteousness and to me. Your pain that you went through was for us. The purpose was us, and his pleasure and his prize is us as we live for him. But today as we begin to come round communion and take a bit of the the waiver which represents his body broken for us. It was broken for you to be whole, and I'm gonna pray. Father God, right now, for everyone who's broken in any way, I thank you that Jesus died to make us whole. And Father, I pray for those who need, whether it's physical, whether it's emotional, whether it's spiritual, psychological healing. Father, your body, Jesus, your body was broken so that we can be healed and we can be whole. And I pray, Lord, that as we do this act, Lord, by faith, we'll receive the healing that you died to give us, that you suffer to give us. Lord, right now I pray, Lord, that you will cause healing and health and wholeness to come into our bodies. Lord, beyond that, help us to recognize and realize the pain that you went through, that it wasn't light and it wasn't nice. But Lord, your purpose was greater than your pain. And us here today, as a group of people worshiping you, was your purpose. So that we can come into that relationship with you, and we can live a life honoring you. Help us to make decisions at the beginning of this year to live a life which is right in your eyes. Father, we're not taking and making new resolutions because they'll break, probably even broken already. But Father God, we're making a resolve, we're putting a resolve within our hearts. Lord, Right now that we're coming afresh to refocus our lives, our purposes on you. Thank you that you forgive. But thank you that it's not just forgiven, but it's to repurpose and refocus and to move on. Lord, right now we just come before you and if there's anything that's wrong, we just ask for your cleansing afresh in our lives. But Lord, we're going to refocus our lives at the beginning of this year for your purpose. We're going to live for your purpose. And even though there might be pain in that purpose being worked out, we are committing to fulfill your purpose and call for our lives and get through the pain because we know there's someone who's there who knows what it's like to get through the pain and will be there with us. But Lord, I pray, Lord, that in every name we'll give you honor. Your name above any other name in our world and in our lives help us to put you first and honor you. Father God, we thank you for that name of Jesus that he takes the highest seat of honor. And we pray at the beginning of this year that we will give him the highest place in our life. Thank you for every relationship, but Father God, we want to put Jesus first. And we want to put his relationship with us at the top and the center, the focus of our lives. Whatever that looks like today, as we come around and celebrate communion, because we do celebrate the fact that despite all the pain, it was worth it. And your pain was so that we can be cleansed and forgiven and right with you. Why should we not celebrate the fact that we are right with God because of Jesus? That we have all that we have and all that we can have because of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for a broken body to make us whole. We thank you for blood that was shed to cleanse us, to forgive us, to give us right standing with God. Help us never ever just to take it lightly but recognize the seriousness, but recognize the joy within that seriousness. Because for the joy that was set before you, Jesus, you endured the cross. Thank you, we are part of that joy. Help us to live in the joy of your victory. In Jesus' name, amen.